0: And welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode number ninety-four of Sports Podcast. Anthony, unfortunately, is unable to join us here uh this week as he's under the weather. But doing in for him and helping me out is another one of our favorite guests of all time, a Viking Jim Eldritch. And uh Hi, pal. Viking Jim, everybody remembers, is the man who got the the hug from Jurgen Klopp.
1: That's right. Jürgen Norbert Klopp is my friend. And uh, I can personally hand out Jürgen Klopp hugs by proxy now. I've got a license.
0: <laughs> if you're not sure what we're talking about, just do a search for a journalistic game. Like Klopp a hug on YouTube. I it's I can't everywhere.
1: believe I pulled that off. <laughs> but, but that, enough about me. Let's, let's uh, get on to things.
0: Yeah, let's do on other. thing. I get to introduce someone who I haven't talked to in a very long time, but uh, who used to uh, be part of our football roundtable back in the 90s on uh, 1440, Tom Reed. Everyone knows Tom Reed locally from his days with the Warren Tribune. He's also with the Akron Dickens Journal and the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and he's now with uh, the Athletic. And I've said it many times, if you don't subscribe to the Athletic and you're a sports fan, you're not doing it correctly. Yeah, yeah. That's... There is not a better – Format out there, and now they've actually added podcasts to it. So, Tom, welcome to uh, Radio MVP.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: So, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we uh, have a, a history going back with Eric Boland going back, uh, God, what was that, twenty-five years ago now?
2: Yeah, yeah, and now I've, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I I still come back to Warren as much as I can, and I'm I'm going. In fact, I'm coming over in tomorrow. And uh, you know, I've gone to the restaurant there. I, I think it's called Sparks or Sparks, where they used to have the uh, radio station. and It always brings back memories when I walk in there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I actually have not been into that. I have been a trip up there to uh, be in that restaurant, just see it, because uh, that uh, was a uh, yeah, that was an interesting place over on uh, on uh, on the square in Warren. There's no question about it. The you old know, 1440 building, for a while, but enough of my uh, reminiscing of the past. Reason we brought Tom on is for I can learn more about the uh, the Premier League and European <laughs> soccer because I have got into this for the first time in my life in the last year, and one of the reasons I have is the man who is uh, across from me, uh, Jim. Uh, I walked into a Westside uh, Bowl where we're at by the by the way, I as we already mentioned that we are at Westside Bowl recording live.
1: That we we are on location today, and yes, um, you walked in. And I believe Peter, yes, our friend Peter Norris, who is a Diet in the wool scouser, born and raised Merseyside, he's now an American who teaches at YSU, he converted to American. Yes. But anyway, um, I believe it was him that told you to come down, correct? That is correct. And you walked in and said, who are we rooting for? And I turned around and I said to you something along the lines of, we're rooting for the guys in red, sit down, I'll get you up to speed. And that's
0: exactly what has happened. And I have been—I have my very first uh, Liverpool FC.
2: Uh, it's a It's a nice beanie. Yeah, that is nice a nice beanie. beanie.
0: And matter of fact, uh, Peter Norris gave me that, so I can't—I can't complain
1: there. Well, it's a fun thing to jump in on. And our friend Kevin LeConte from the Vikings Club, which is another weird connection with the Liverpool Club and the Vikings Club. But
2: I want to ask Tom,
1: how long have you been following the Premier League, my friend?
2: Uh, you know, I started, of the first season was, was in 99. Okay. So you've been at it a lot longer than I am. You're about
1: 10 years ahead of.
2: Yeah. It was, it was weird because, um, I had watched like, I think the first World Cup I kind of watched from start to finish was 1990. Okay. And then I, as any patriotic soccer, soccer loving American went to the World Cup in 94 in Detroit and saw the worst game ever played between the U.S. and Switzerland. Yeah, and then the '98 World Cup was the one that kind of uh, this kind of ties in with with Liverpool and the Premier League. But in '98, uh, to me, one of the most iconic games ever was the Argentina England uh, quarter final. It's the game most fans remember it's for David Beckham being sent off with a red card.
1: Right,
2: and in that game, a 19-year-old named Michael Owens scored a goal and actually had a at a one of the converted pen penalty kicks, even though England always loses on penalty kicks, and they lost that time too. And then the next year, we moved. We moved into a house in Warren. We, we, at the time, I was living in an uh, uh, apartment uh, that didn't. You know, you couldn't really have direct TV. And the next right. year, I found this channel, uh, uh, Fox Soccer World. I know, I think it was just Fox Sports World or something like that. And they right. had Premier on. And uh I was just watching one day and there lo and behold was Michael Owen playing for Liverpool. And I'm like, oh, hey, that's the guy I really like and that kind of started there and it's uh just only kind of grown.
1: Um well, you've been on board for the for the uh O five uh champions league, right?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh that was one I almost gave up on at halftime. Um uh, I was never a fan of uh Josie Dudek the goalkeeper, and yet in the second half in the penalty kicks, he made some kind of deal with the devil, because he was unbelievable keeping them in there, and then they you know, end up pulling that out. Uh, the Istanbul miracle, and it's kind of ironic that this year I think they're back in Istanbul if if, if Liverpool's so fortunate to get back for a third straight year.
1: Uh, Corner taking quickly, rigi That's all I got to say, my friend. Um, <laughs> let, let me ask you, because from my experience, and like Tim and I have talked about this before, my experience with Liverpool comes from a weird place. I was uh, fascinated with soccer in the 70s when I was a kid, uh, with the North American Soccer League. and uh, But I, I lived in Youngstown, Ohio, and soccer, what? So I had nobody to teach me, I had nobody to learn, and the league didn't take off anyway. But years later, an offhand reference that a friend of mine made about Liverpool football while we were watching a Vikings game of all things. Got the idea stuck in my head, and like you, I saw Liverpool on the direct TV. They had moved to MSNBC by this point. But I saw my first game on TV, and I really wasn't sure what I was watching when I first started watching it. But the the experience for me was quasi-religious. Uh,
2: was it that way for you? Uh yeah I, I don't know if no it wasn't quite like that it 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 took a while um even after they won in two thousand five i can't say that i was like it was my you know this, this, i i was really happy they won and i had been watching them but it you know, at the time you couldn't watch every week it was it was right. they were on they were on and it wasn't like you could fight you did, there wasn't like the the what do they have now with the, yeah. the the sports the sports gold thing where you can Subscribe for forty or sixty bucks, and you make sure you watch. You know when they play Crystal Palace or Norwich, that you're you're going to get that game. So right, was, right. for a long time, it was kind of hard to keep up every week. Uh, and over the last probably ten or fifteen years, I've, I've you know probably seen the majority, if not all, the games. Uh, so probably, so yeah. it was
1: it was a gradual revelation.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it did not really. Uh, Take hold for me until the late oh I I don't know probably into the into the two thousands where okay. I really started getting into it and um, it's funny that that I don't know if you guys have read the book it's it's really not necessarily about Liverpool FC but uh, there she goes written by Simon Hughes who does work for the Athletic I'll throw that plug in uh, mm-hmm. it was very interesting to read that book the book basically is talking about the city of Liverpool from the late 70s until the early 90s. Oh, wow. And you can't read it without thinking of Northeast Ohio and even Youngstown, because what happened? now we obviously didn't have docks, we didn't have seaports, uh, but but it was a manufacturing area, not a manufacturing area, but it was a working-class city who basically lost everything over the course of four or five years. Uh, Much like we they, did. The ports, the ports moved. They, they moved down to the south coast and on the other side of England. And they basically had no backup plan, kind of like we didn't. With We were a steel town, and we didn't really have a plan B. Uh, and, you know, this was a time where the Thatcher government had come into power. And they had basically looked at Liverpool as kind of a managed decline situation. And yet the city fought through it, and they kind of got through it, and now his you know, it's come back uh, very strong as, as a city. But if you read that book, you 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 can't help reading it if you're from Northeast Ohio and seeing some similarities with Liverpool. And that's even like bonded my 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 love for that that team and the city even more.
1: Oh yeah, I right, Sounds
0: wonderful.
2: I'm I got to right, read I'm, that.
1: I'm right there with you. I got to read that myself.
2: Yeah,
0: that's that's next on my uh, my list. I had a couple other books I just got, but I think I'm going to. Uh, to set them aside and uh, and try to find that one. That just that
2: I, I, I love I, I that will connection. Warn you. It's a, it's, a, it's a dark ending. It's it's not like a there's there's not like 15 pages that says okay, and then Liverpool became you know was reborn and all this. Hooray! Yes. Very unsettling, yes. but but it's still extremely interesting and uh, uh, it's a again it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of politics and that stuff. But it, it does go it does cover it does cover the Liverpool football team and it is you know it's a, it's a it's a time but right? right now it seems hard to believe but Everton was really good i mean both teams were excellent during that period uh i think Everton won a couple of league titles and would have had a chance to to play in europe had it not been for the i can't remember if it was hillsborough or the other one uh the, you know, there the, the were two you know liverpool was in, involved in two really right. bad uh, two the really other bad one bad. i
1: can't yeah i can't think of the other one off the top of my head but go ahead i'm sorry
2: Anyway, anyway, but but it, it, it robbed kind of Everton of that chance to play in Europe because uh, Liverpool uh, was banned for years from playing in European football. And by consequence, some of the uh, some other England teams had a, had a shorter ban, and that was during the time uh, uh, Everton uh, uh, Everton was really good. So uh, mm-hmm. that was difficult on them. I think it's Heisel. Heisel was the other one.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's the one.
0: I was going to ask you, Tom. I mean, obviously your connection, as you mentioned, to Liverpool. Uh, how did you uh, handle this past uh, the summer, where they made that that huge comeback against uh, the Spain team, and then uh, obviously winning four nothing at home? I mean, what was that that emotion for you like?
1: Barcelona.
2: So, so here you go. Here's here's uh, I was. Uh, this, yeah, this is a, kind of a strange story. So I, uh, I had a friend. I, I was driving to Warren that day. Uh, I had a friend whose father died unexpectedly, so I had to go to a funeral. Uh, so you know, at this point, I'm thinking they're they're not going to come back. I, I watched the first game, even though I thought they played really well, despite losing three nothing. And you know, there's no sala in that game, so I, I have to go. I have to. This is a dear friend of mine. I had to go. So I'm following as I'm driving. And I'm just in the car, and you have this whole of stealing. You can't listen to it. Uh, so I ended up paying the $4 uh, th- to watch it on, uh, what is that, uh, bleacher report. So okay. I yeah. I shouldn't even say this, like, this, talk about distracted driving. I, I ended up paying the <laughs> $4 and watching it on my phone as I'm driving in, and then, you know, the, the services started, and I'm sitting out in the parking lot. I'm like, D- I am going to hell here. I just got out there and watched it till the end, and it was just incredible. It was an incredible performance. You know, one of the one of the great, uh, probably their greatest win. You know, of all time, and you, especially when you consider who the opponent is. Uh, right. Back, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I got. I got to tell you, Tom. I've seen a lot of of, of a lot of great finishes, and uh, I've seen a lot of great teams, but that one, I, I didn't even question the final. Because when I saw that, I knew. And having grown up an Indians fan and grown up a Vikings fan, I have never known. But after that game, brother, I knew. <laughs>
0: you know that's interesting you brought that up because I so the first game that was in Spain, I I listened to it through uh, the internet on uh, LFC uh, website and he got the audio. Uh, version from what they, you know, the LSC TV was uh, broadcasting. And they hear those two guys and then they get so disappointed at, you know, when the second goal was scored and then the third goal was scored and they'll lose 3-0. And then the next week, or whatever it was, or two-weeks later when they played again. Well, I, I, again, was working so I couldn't get to a less side to see it with everybody. Right, right. So I, I did the same thing. I went online and started listening. And to hear those two, and that's terrible at names anymore, but to hear those, and you've probably seen the highlights on YouTube, I get excited about each goal and then that huge comeback. It was amazing. amazing amazing. I'm driving around Youngstown in my work car, and I'm just like
1: pumping out my hands. It
0: (laughs) It sounded like a Tommy
2: Hamilton
1: home run call on freaking steroids is what it sounded like. But I can't. I, I sometimes, I try to explain to people how massive that is to basically tell them we had to win for nothing, and the odds of that happening are, are astronomical, and for that to happen, how miraculous that is, but sometimes you can't get this game through Americans' heads. Tom, have you ever tried to convert somebody and, like, just run into a brick wall?
2: No, I, I think for the most part down in Columbus with with the, with the crew. I mean, there's a lot of soccer fans here. There are two, there are two Liverpool soccer bars in. Oh in yeah, Columbus.
1: And, and I and I got to tell you, I've been to uh, one of them because I actually watched the uh, Champions League final in Columbus because we already had tickets for a Crew game, so we were in town for the day. And those the the, the Columbus uh, cops, those are some great people down there. We love those guys, pieces.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, they, there's a and there's a lot of there there are I don't know all the supporters bars but there are several other ones. There's an Arsenal bar I know for sure, and uh, there was a West Ham bar which I think has closed. Nothing to do with West Ham. <laughs> just, just the bar closed. Are you sure uh, it didn't have anything to do with West Ham. <laughs> no, it, it didn't. Uh, but there's there's like, there's Friday, uh, there there's a bunch of places that people go and watch the games together. So the, this. Down here, it's it's fairly common, and uh, yeah, my wife hates it. I mean, she just absolutely hates it. Oh, <laughs> really? Other, turn it down, turn the TV down, and yeah, she Aww. has. She likes every other sport, uh, but that is one that she cannot get into uh, whatsoever. So that's well, one I kind of do my own in the house.
1: You, you may be a lucky man on that one, Tom, because I got a confession to make. My wife, by the way, my wife is a hockey fan. And yeah, her idea. Yeah, well, she's a she's a big Penguins fan. and Her idea for play is checking me into the headboard. But yeah. she, she, she's gotten on board with the Liverpool football club as well. My problem is, unlike your wife who doesn't like it, my wife loves it, and I think my wife wants to sleep with Virgil Van Dyke. Yeah, and I think I might let her. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, you know, you gotta make sacrifices for the team.
1: Well you do, man, you do, man. But it's but it's passion beyond reason and just like the, the amount of still I there's days when I look at my wife and I'll I've told you this before too. Right. There's days when I just think about stuff where I'll just look at my wife and I'll just like I'll smile and I'll just be like six times or just something I have not been this passionate. I've I've been so beaten down with professional sports that I've I, I I'm reborn with this stuff. Uh, what do you think about that?
2: Well, no, it's it's true. I'm sure you guys have probably read Nick Hornsby's book Fever Pitch, uh, which just describes his his and the book was then made into a really bad baseball movie about the Boston Red Sox. Right. But it was it was a book about his love for Arsenal. And I read the book, oh my God, years ago more it's got to be more than ten years now and and reading it, I'm like, man, is this guy this guy's got problems he's I mean he's not going to weddings, he's not doing this, he's not doing that <laughs> over the last like three or four years uh it's gotten that way for me. Um, yeah, I travel a lot to work, and i' now I now basically plan my flight around the Liverpool game because they play on Saturday. <laughs> And when the oh, Browns we got one. When the Browns played in Denver about two months ago, I can't remember. But I think it was in November. Right. I got there. I left at like five thirty a.m. from Columbus to be there, and I landed at like a little after. I think that game might have been a ten o'clock game, and I landed at around nine o'clock. Or I I, I landed in Denver about forty minutes before the game. The guy goes. Where do you want to go? And I said the British Bulldog. He says that's a bar. And I said I know. He goes, Do you want to go to a hotel or are you going? To-? I said, Just take me to 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 this <laughs> place. And it was the day that they played. They came back and they beat uh, uh, Aston Villa. Uh, the game that was kind of a miraculous win. They were down one nothing late and scored right. like in the 89th minute and then won on Monday. Another, other, yeah, 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 what are, another was, one of those nervy bastards. And it was funny because I walked into the bar and the first guy I meet. Is an Aston Villa fan from Warren, Ohio. Uh, people, uh, I, think, I think he went to Maplewood. I don't think he lived uh, there anymore, but he was from. I think he went to Maplewood High School. Grew up in like the Portland area. Oh, uh, that's him.
1: hilarious.
2: So there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of soccer fans out there.
1: It's it's a beautiful thing,
2: man. I tell you what, I, like I said, I'm new to this, and I've
0: got into it, and it's funny because. Uh, being a Northeast Ohio fan, you're beaten down so much as, you know, as Jim was saying.
1: Football, and, baseball. Yeah, you know, you, you're, baseball, used football, your you're used to your heart football. You're used to your heart Oh, that, yeah.
0: And, and then you see this, you know, and I've gotten into this, and this team won't lose. Uh, <laughs> I've really been calling them this. The last game they lost was that one to Barcelona. And then what they've done this season is phenomenal. I mean, I've never seen a first half just dominate. I don't know how often that happens in, in the Premier League. If it happens, you know, last year was such a, a such a, a close race. It was one point.
1: It was miraculous, yeah. in and of itself. But that that many points are getting scored, teams are dominating like that. All
0: right. Um, is this something you notice? Is this unique uh, that what we're seeing here through the first half of the season here with Liverpool?
2: Well, it's by far. they since I've been watching them again, like going back to '99. This is the best team they've had. There's no question about. It. They not only have the talent, but they have the championship pedigree now from winning the Champions League last year, and then going through that, you know, every week from January until the end, having to win games. And they had a stumble last year in January. They, they, they. I don't think they handled it very well. They were up by like five to seven points, and they mm. just had one month, and it killed them because Man yeah. City was that good that they just kept <laughs> tying games and it and it ended up costing them
1: yeah and, and man city had actually dropped points and we had an opportunity and we dropped points too it was not it, it was very ugly
2: yeah it it's and i love the one of the things i love about soccer people always getting back to the american fans that that don't necessarily like it they hate ties and i, I try to explain them the, the way that the game is set up, it's it's a three point system. It's three points for a win, one point for a tie. Mm-hmm. So a, a tie is a loss in my book. It's you're dropping two points, and they just did that too many times uh, down the yeah. in, in about a right. six week span uh, at a cost. And but to me, the, just going through that and then winning the Champions League title and Klopp finally won something with Liverpool. You know that had kind of been a knock on him throughout his career, even in Germany, is is he got to a lot of finals but didn't win very many. And I just – this team has – you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I You know, it, it's certainly – they're in a good situation. But if injuries crop up, who knows? But they look like a team now that knows they're going to win. They expect to win. Even late in games, they're going to find a way to win. Well, that hasn't been the case in recent years. And even going back in 2014 where they had the great run, I think, that, I think they went like 13 weeks unbeaten and then lost to Chelsea – with three weeks left in the season, that team was not like this team. This team can beat you just about any which way, and uh they had the confidence to grind out games that they have not had in years past.
1: That's very that that's a good point because uh they are playing like champions in that regard where they're able to ground those teams out I, I I gotta ask him like I'm sorry to pause the show Tim. That's quite okay. But I gotta ask Tom a philosophical question. Uh you take today's team and like I, and and uh, I wasn't there in '05, but I started like around 2008, 2009. I've been through this, and uh, I've seen some great players before this team. And it is, even though I haven't been at it as long, this is the greatest team I've seen out of the squad. But I was going to ask you, if you could take one Liverpool legend and put him on this squad, if you're going to go with, say, uh, Ian Rush, Kenny Dalglish. Uh, Zadie Alonzo, um, Stevie Gerard, take any of the legends. Which one do you put on this squad?
2: Well, I can only speak to the guys that you know. I saw. I mean, Ian Rush to me is like uh, he he wasn't uh, he wasn't around when I was watching the team. I, I would go Alonzo. I mean, uh, that, that's maybe heresy with you know Gerard was so great, such a great player. Uh, Alonzo was such a good player, and when he left. That was kind of the team started to started to falter a little bit and started to lose its way there for a while. All right. Um, he was such a great player, uh, and he would be he would be the guy to me. And again, Steven Gerrard stayed there. He was there. So he kind of went through a, a, a second wave of when they got to be good again in 13, right. 14. So, right. So for me, would be the guy.
1: All right, that's good. that's great, man. That's I'll, I'll, that's a uh, good consideration, man. And, but we, we're trying we're trying to get Tim a history lesson. Here.
0: Yeah, that's exactly one of keep, the reasons why I, I, I wanted to do this podcast.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, it, okay. If you want if, if 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 you want to get the history lesson and Tom, I gotta say it Hillsboro.
2: I'm sorry,
1: Hillsboro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, every every April, I think about it. I weep like a baby. And I have no connection with that city other than that club, but something spiritual has happened where I understand Hillsboro. Um, what do you think about Hillsboro?
2: Well, it, that, it also that is covered. That is really covered well in, in, in the book. There she goes. Um, you know, it, it was a. It, it's, it's hard to you – know, I, I would, first of all, recommend anybody who have watched the 30 for 30 on Hill oh, Hill. Yeah. Uh, yes, oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. They do a very good job. And it's, just, it's basically been the fight of a city against, uh, first of all, a tabloid newspaper that really kind of uh, put out f- things that were simply weren't true, and it kind of painted Liverpool, the city of Liverpool, and its fan base in, in in a very bad light and it made it i think extremely difficult for these these families uh to to ever get justice and there's to this day uh they're still fighting to to really clear the 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 the, the, the fans and the, the beloved ones who lost their lives uh their names because they you know afterwards as this this, this horrible thing happens at this away stadium, uh, or neutral site stadium, I guess it was.
0: Yeah, Sheffield so,
2: Wednesday, clearly, yeah. Yeah, it was clearly the, the the fault of the authorities, or not necessarily the authorities, the people that were in charge of putting these people in the different areas. And, and if you're not a soccer fan, it's kind of hard to understand. Even today, it's hard to understand because there are no standing room terraces anymore. Uh, right, and they, they
1: used to they used to crowd teams. people for the people who don't understand. There were no seats; they would just crowd people into these standing room right. only pens.
2: And they were pens, and, and and if you ever if you had ever gone to Old Tiger Stadium, in, in Detroit, they were pens there too. They weren't necessarily, but they were they were they were cording off. There was there was fencing in between each section, in in different parts of the ballpark and in the, the outfield. And again, you can't quite understand that because there's still seating. But it was it was it was a mistake by the people that were in charge, particularly the the, the main man that was in charge that really had never done a big soccer game before, uh, and it was just their fault, and they covered it up and they blamed it on the fans. And again, that's kind of it's been this thing that has been going on for years, and they're, like I said, the families are still fighting to, to try to get their their loved ones' names cleared.
0: Tom, I was just wondering. Uh, obviously, you travel all the time for your your uh, your position with the athletic and, and, and the other newspapers. Have you ever had the opportunity to uh, travel to Liverpool or see a, uh, a Premier League game live?
2: Yeah, I've been I've been to I've been to England four times. I've not I've yet to go to Liverpool. I'm, I may go this season, although the tickets are outrageous. Um, I've been to a Crystal Palace game when, when the, during the, the Browns' winless season of I don't know which can't remember seventeen plus <laughs> Why yeah. remember yeah. it, Tom? Why remember it? Yeah. They played the Vikings over in London, and we got a chance to go see. Um, it, was, it was it was a home game. Crystal Palace played West Ham. And it was a, it was a really neat day. I, I took some friends, uh, Zach Jackson, who I work with, Brian Windhorst. And uh, another friend, Chris Thomason, who works in Minnesota, and we all went to the game. And then that night, we had scouted out a Ohio State bar. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh wow! And our thing was like, uh, like I knew there was a big heavyweight fight that night involving a, a a fighter from England. And I had actually wrote a story about this place uh, ahead of time, like if fans are over here, want to you know watch Ohio State play, they were playing Penn State. That it was i think a night game maybe a day game had to be a day game but anyway so the 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 thought was this this place that was an ohio state bar it had it was a huge upstairs and then there was a small room downstairs for maybe like forty to fifty people and the plan was to let the Ohio state fans go down there and they were going to show that because the fight was on that night. Well, they made a business decision real quick when hundreds of Ohio State fans showed up. They said, "Okay, if anyone wants to watch a fight downstairs." And the Ohio State Cleveland Browns fans just took the bar over, and it was, <laughs> it was a memorable, it was a memorable come from win for Buckeyes over Penn State. And my one right. friend is just a huge Ohio State fan. Says so like, "This is one of the greatest experiences ever," uh, because it was just you know you're in London, England. You're not. It's just not where you would expect to be watching. Uh, uh, Ohio State game, and it was just a great day. It was, just, it was a wonder <laughs> soccer game, and then watching the Ohio State football game. Uh,
1: that um, was, that's crazy. That sounds like what happened to my buddy in Salzburg. When uh, 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 when uh, we played Salzburg, Red Bull, uh, what was that? Yeah. Like Like the other month, but the other week. Yeah. But uh, a friend of mine uh, that I know from college happened to be on vacation in Salzburg. And he is he's, he's a gooner. He's an Arsenal fan. But he had no idea what was going on with the club with the what was the club woke up. Right. And he had no idea what was going on. All he knew is he woke up in his hotel and all of a sudden there were reds all over the town. And there's Liverpool fans. Like it's just like they're ants and they're everywhere. And he immediately texted me going, My God, you people are everywhere But well, he wound up watching the game in a bar. With a bunch of Liverpool fans. The bar had been overrun, similarly to this story, is, is the bar had been overrun with Liverpool fans, and he made the mistake of mentioning that he knew the crazy bastard that hugged Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> he didn't pay for a drink the rest of the day. Oh, nice. No.
0: <laughs> hey, Tom, one other question. I, like I said, I've, I've like I said, in the last year, hits start falling off Liverpool. Uh, I'm, I'm getting used to and understanding as I uh, as go on in the competitions within the competitions. I mean, you have the Premier League itself, but you have the European Championships, you have the FAA uh, Club Championship. How do you explain that to someone when you're talking about these different trophies and different competitions that are going on within the season?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, one, one is an actual league and the other two are tournaments. Uh, and it's it's one of those things that uh, it really tests it tests For teams that are really good, it it tests the depth of a squad and it tests tests the manager's nerve of how many times are you going to play these guys. Uh, And, you know, for Liverpool fans, they got a a great example this past week. I mean, they've had this incredibly long uh, run of success at Anfield against a cross-park rival Everton, and... You know Liverpool like they they played like thirty three game. The Everton game was like the thirty third game or eleventh game in thirty three days. And yeah. you know, Are you going to? But 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 the bigger picture, of course, is this is a team that hasn't won a league in thirty years, and you you've played all of your frontline guys during the festive pictures. And I like, say frontline guys. I think Moniz, uh Firmino, and. Uh, all played in those games. They, they didn't rest one of those games, so they had to give up something. So that basically it was: look, we're going to we're going to have to basically. I think they made nine changes to their lineup. They had like five teenagers in the lineup. And It was basically this was Everton's chance. Everton, you know, could finally say that they were going to win at Anfield, where they haven't won in in forever,
1: <laughs> and yet
2: Liverpool finds a way through Curtis Jones' great goal. And, uh, but that's really what it is. They, these, especially the FA Cup, it, it really tests, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, in the Champions League, you really have to play your best players, unless and you're in the, in the, in the qualifying where if you're far enough ahead, and that's never Liverpool's case, they can rest guys. Uh, but once you, you know, once we get into February, then again, it's going to become a very much of a grind where, you know, this is where having that 13-point lead and if they can, I think if they can sustain it for one more month, this is a really challenging month, although not as many games, but really good competition. If they can get out of, of January, you know, still of a 10-point lead or whatever, uh, they can, you know, they're going to be in not only a driver's seat, but they're going to be in a situation where they can maybe rest players in the Premier League
0: uh, as they get
2: ready <laughs> to go back into the... Um, into the Champions League play.
1: Repeat, baby, repeat.
2: Uh, I kind of, the shorthand version I use to trying to
1: describe it to people as far as the Champions League is that imagine it's the Super Bowl if other countries got to participate. So like the Premier League, uh, Serie A, um, uh, League One, whatever, all those are like the conferences, but this one's the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 the, certainly the best of the best, and it's, it's it's a playoff format, right? It's it's not like where where again you you have the you're just a 38 game grind. Uh, this is you lose at, well. You you it's two legs, obviously. Each each game up in mm-hmm. the championship two legs. Uh, but it's yeah, you're you're playing against many of the best teams, and it's very difficult to go through a run of. Uh, now into the knockouts where it's not playing really, really, you know, two or three of the best teams in the world. I thought Liverpool got lucky a couple of years ago when they got to the final. They they, had, they beat Man City, but they, they they had a very favorable draw. Uh, Rome, I don't think was that great. No. Uh, they, I think they may have had Porto. Uh, so they've had yes. they've had years where they, they, the, the draw was on their side. Uh, you know, uh, this year though, I mean they've got a a tough one right out of out of the gate with Atletico. Uh but uh yeah it's 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 a terrific tournament and again it just it's it, it really tests the depths of the squad as your as it's running concurrently with your league play.
0: One quick question here, we'll wrap it up here about Liverpool and, and that but this Saturday's game against uh Tottenham, what's your uh, thoughts? What what are your plans uh as your uh, vacation week uh, continues?
2: I'm gonna be in Pittsburgh with my, my wife's from Pittsburgh, and we're going over. And I'm like, we're leaving early. We're going very early, so I can be there and watch the game somewhere. Um, I, you know, it's it, it's, uh, you know, uh, they're not in very good form right now. Uh, I know that he just, you know, Jose Mourinho would like nothing more uh, than to derail this team and be the the team first one to beat him. I think if they win Saturday, they will set the record for most consecutive games, I think, with with at least a point in top flight England football. Uh, I'm not positive on that, but I I know that Marino lives for these big moments. This is not one of Tottenham's better teams. They've got injuries, but he, you know, he sometimes finds a way. uh, They always like to say, park the bus, uh, and he will be very defensive in that game. There won't be a Harry Kane. I think Sissoko's out with injury, uh, you know, uh, you know, Liverpool will go in there thinking they can win that game, but I know Jose Moreno would love nothing more than to be the one that says we knocked them uh, out of the, the, the ranks of the unbeaten.
1: Uh, hey, Tom, listen, I want you to make sure you remember the name of this bar because there is a, an official supporters club in Pittsburgh, and uh, they meet at a bar called Industry. Okay. I've never heard of the joint, but uh, apparently that's where they get together at. So the uh, Pittsburgh, PA, Liverpool Football Club official supporters. You know, to tell you the truth, I'm glad to see that we got some Reds down in, yeah, in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh because, yeah. frankly, I think like Anfield makes those dirty yellow dish rags kind of <laughs> pathetic. But that's just me.
0: <laughs> well, uh, go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry.
2: No, 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 no. I, I this is a uh, note taken. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look it up, brother. Look it up.
2: Well, if you're
0: ever in your uh, hometown again of Warren, that area in 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 uh, Youngstown and you're looking for a place to watch uh Liverpool, you might as well stop down here on West Side Bowl in uh in Youngstown on Mahoning Avenue. Um, be part of the uh the West Belt Reds.
2: Alright. Well I will do that.
0: Bring it on, brother. Never walk alone. Never walk there alone. You go. Real quick, if I can get you real quick here on the Cleveland Browns, because I know you write about them all the time and what's going on.
1: Uh, the Everton of the NFL.
0: Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this real quickly. Uh, the process we're going through, obviously, to the last game. So can they get this right, or do you think this is just a scenario where it's going to be kind of like when they got Mike Peck, where they couldn't find anybody to take the job?
2: I don't know. I, I always think Jimmy Haslam can screw it up. So, but they certainly have some decent candidates. Uh, it'll be interesting to see once they get the coach who's going to who's going to kind of run the show. Uh, this was certainly whoever whoever uh, put in charge of this team will be put in charge of the most talented roster the Browns have had since coming back in '99. So, uh, there is a, at least a good starting point. Uh, Whoever is going to take over is going to have to find a way to get Baker Mayfield back on track. Uh, if they can do that, then there's no reason they can't get back into the playoff conversation next year. Uh, they, they, they've got to, you know, this they, they, the, 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 the needs on the field are, you know, glaringly obvious. They've got to fix the offensive line. They need a they need a tight end. Uh, they need a line back, at least one linebacker and, and probably two safeties. And they, they may not get all of that next year. But those are the, the things they have to get addressed in free agency and in the draft. Uh, but there's still a lot of talent there, and there, which hasn't been there in the past. This is not going to be a rebuild. This is going to be kind of a reboot with a the, with the new coaching and new general manager. But it's not like they're going to turn around and say, you know what, I don't think this Miles Garrett guy can play. He doesn't fit in our scheme. Or, or you know, they, we I, we don't really like Jarvis Landry. We're going to go somewhere else. They've got guys that, that can certainly play on other rosters. Uh, which in years past, hasn't been the case.
0: That's my only concern is uh, they have all these good candidates, and we'll see who they choose. But in the end, when they choose one or two, it's going be kind of like what uh, Josh McDaniels did to the Colts, saying, i Thanks but no thanks. And then all of a sudden you're going down that list and can't find somebody who truly wants uh to lead your program and uh an organization and that's my biggest concern. I don't know who they're gonna choose. I have my thought process, uh uh we'll see. Uh, I have no idea if they'll go off as a defensive coach, but uh I'm just hoping for the best and that they actually get their first choice, whoever that may be
2: yeah yeah it's interesting. I mean they're the last team standing, so we'll we'll see who wants to who wants to come and who probably you know it's it's two things it's how much do you believe in Baker Mayfield and how much do you trust the Haslam's? Those are really yeah. your only two questions you have that's uh, a big one the second one yeah well, they're both big ones they're both yeah. serious questions and this is you know let's be honest after after last year Baker mayfield is basically back on being a tryout for one year uh if 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 He has this season similar to last year. They may be looking for a quarterback next year because the guy that drafted him is gone. The coach that supported him is gone. So it's new people, and you hope that that he can kind of – you know, it's in there. We've seen him do it, uh, and we'll just see if he can do it a little bit more consistency. if they can get some help on the offensive line, if they can get their receiving core healthy. uh, You know, they've got a much better chance of doing it.
0: Tom, thank you again for uh, making the time in your day to uh, come on my podcast and uh, reminisce about some of the old days and also to uh, uh, talk about uh, Liverpool and uh, the Premier League and everything going on. I really do appreciate you taking the time. and uh, Hopefully, we can uh, meet up again down the road uh, as the uh, Premier League continues and have you on maybe towards the end of the season here.
2: Sure. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me.
0: That is Tom. Read from the Athletics, and like I said before, if you're a sports fan and you don't subscribe to the Athletics, you're not doing it correctly because there's just too much information, and your your team is covered there.
1: It's good Except stuff. That. It's and good it's,
0: stuff. It's, it's, I've been subscribing for two years. It's been the best thing that's ever happened. And when Tom came aboard, I was thrilled to death because he is, in my opinion, and it has been for a long time, one of the premier writers here in northeast Ohio. I always love Terry Flutter. always loved Tom. And I, I say that sincerely, Tom. I, you always make a, an amazing thing. And the, the write-up you did on your mother was phenomenal. And I probably won't have an opportunity to say that, but I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate reading that and you sharing that experience with us.
2: Well, thanks. I appreciate it, guys.
1: Hey, Tom, i got to tell you one more thing. Up the reds.
2: There you go. Yep. Yeah. Hope, hopefully this long drought ends here in May.
1: Amen, brother. Amen.
2: All right,
0: Tom. Thanks again. Take care.
3: My thanks goes out to Tom Reed from The Athletic for coming on the podcast. And my thanks also goes out to Viking Jim Elgren for coming on the podcast, filling in for Anthony. I want to take this moment to wish Anthony the best. Get well soon. We missed you. I want to thank Nate from Westside Bowl also for uh, allowing us to record their Uh, Tonight on location, it was kind of fun. It was a different type of atmosphere, and it was uh, greatly appreciated from both uh, Jim and I. Just looking forward to the next podcast. Obviously, we'll talk more Cleveland Browns and what's going on there. And I hope to reach out to Jim and Bassiani and a couple others uh, down in Australia to talk Australian rules football as AFLW. We'll be getting started here in about a month. So you can stay tuned for that. And, of course, we'll get into each and everything that's going on in the world of sports in uh, Northeast Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. Well, one last thing to say is uh, you can always check us out in the basketball season on Trib Live. That's hssn.triblive.com. My partner, James Dawson, and I will be covering the Newcastle Red Hurricane all season long. So please check us out there and on WKST 1200 in newcastle all right once again my thanks to tom reed and to viking jim we'll talk to you next time right here on radio mvp